0: Hey everyone, thank you for checking out our podcast here at Victory Hill Church. Over the next few moments, our lead pastor Aaron Begley is going to share an impactful message with you from the Bible. We hope that it will encourage you to connect with God and connect with others. Hey, I'm excited today to jump into a brand new series with you um, over the next several weeks where we're going to explore what does it mean to have a kingdom culture. Like what does it mean to live in the kingdom of God? Because what we see throughout scripture is that God came into this world to establish a culture that's different than the culture that we live in. That we are citizens of this earthly world, but more importantly we are citizens of a heavenly culture. And the, the struggle that we have is that we have to learn to live in both. That we have to learn how to live both in this world and also to live as a, as a citizen of heaven. And so there's a foundation scripture that we're going to use throughout this series. It's found in Philippians chapter 1 verse 27. And here's what it says. It says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens, whether there's marital tension, Conduct yourselves in a manner that's worthy of the Gospel of Christ. If if there's a a pandemic, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner that's worthy of the Gospel of Christ. If there's racial injustice, conduct yourselves in a manner that's worthy of the Gospel of Christ. Christ and and so we could use this word here conduct in the original term it says this in the original language it would translate whatever happens live as a citizen live as a citizen not of this earthly kingdom but live as a citizen of a spiritual kingdom so whatever happens whether people talk about you or they don't talk about you conduct yourselves in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Christ if if life is good live as a person who is conducting themselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. If you're going through difficulty in life, guess what? We still should conduct ourselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. That we need to learn how to live in this kingdom culture, to live not just as a citizen of this earth, but to live as a citizen of heaven. And so over the next several weeks, what I wanna do is I just want us to talk about this. What does it look like To conduct ourselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. And if we're going to learn what it looks like to conduct ourselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then we have to understand the culture of the kingdom. We have to understand the culture of the kingdom. You see, we all understand culture to some extent. And I guess I would say the very first time that my eyes were extremely open to culture was when I had the opportunity to lead a group from this church into India. And when I took a group to India, can I tell you something? I had some culture shock. Like, it was way different than anything I had ever experienced before. Like, when I got into the airport and guys were carrying, like, machine guns on their back, I'm like, I'm not in Kansas anymore. I got off the plane and, and we go to, to get into some vehicles, but they're not really like vehicles, they're called rickshaws and, and they, and like, there's like space in there for what in America would be like one person and they just piled like six of us in, you know, and you're like hanging out the sides and, and cars are about ready to hit you. They don't have any instruction of how you're supposed to drive. It's just like, who can get there the first and the fastest? And, like, I, I go to India, and it's a beautiful place with beautiful people, but I was in culture shock. I, I didn't know how to handle it. I mean, they dress differently. I mean, like, the guys wear these things called Punjabis most of the time, and they look like dresses, okay? Like, I mean, I put one out, and I'm like, I look like a girl in this thing, okay? I mean, like, I was in culture shock. The smells were different. The way their language was different. I couldn't communicate with them. I mean, you would go throughout town, and there's cows everywhere, they, they don't touch the cows. I mean, so like you're eating in a restaurant and there's a cow doing his business outside the restaurant. You're like, hey, I just lost my appetite today. I mean, they let him come into the restaurants and, and, and everything about that culture was so different and I couldn't quite comprehend it all. And yet what was so different to me was normal to them. They were like, what, what's the big deal? This is just how life is. And so the opposite would also be true. What is normal to us would be strange to them. So if somebody came from their culture over here and they landed in Ohio, they might say, man, these guys are weird, man. They they cheer for Ohio State football. They like, you know, go O-H-I-O, you know. I mean, they have all these things that they do. There's cornfields all around them. And they'd be like, what is wrong with this place? Why? Because that's not the culture that they are from. And here was the problem that I understood in that moment is that I took a culture that I had grown up in And was transplanted into a culture that I had no understanding of. Hear me say that again. I took a culture that I had grown up in and I was transplanted into a culture that I had no understanding of. And this is often the disconnect that we have in the kingdom of God. We've been raised in a culture and then we give our hearts and our lives to Jesus Christ. And we're like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not familiar with that culture. They they do things different in that culture. But that is what Christ has called us to be. He's called us to live a kingdom culture. You see, we've all experienced culture. If you can think back to those times, maybe you were dating or maybe um, when you would bring somebody home for the very first time and you're gonna bring that person to meet the parents, right? I guarantee you, you gave them some guidelines of what was gonna happen when they met the parents, right? You're like, hey, you're coming over for Christmas and I just need to give you some wisdom and some advice. Hey, dad is going to give some corny jokes and they're not gonna be that funny, but you should laugh at them because everybody does. Mom is gonna wanna make sure that you eat everything on your plate or she may get a little weirded out and she may say some things and she may be a little critical of you, but hey, that's gonna be okay, that's just mom. We have no clue what grandma and grandpa's gonna do. I mean, grandma may kiss you on the lips and it's just gonna have to be okay because that's the culture of this house. I mean, you start telling them things like, hey, when you come into our house, don't talk politics, it's gonna cause division. Don't do this, you know, somebody's gonna get upset. And what you're doing to that person is you're explaining to them that there's a culture in your home and this is how you behave This is how you act because there's a culture that is created You see culture is created by the behavior of the majority of the people in the culture And so in your home you have a culture we all understand culture How many people like chick-fil-a around here anybody any chick-fil-a fans like I like that christian chicken Um, you know, like it's like I I can handle that But here's the thing if you've ever been to chick-fil-a, you know something about their culture If you say thank you, what do they say back to you? You guys don't know Chick-fil-A? They say my pleasure every single time. You guys need to go to Chick-fil-A. There's one opening in Pickerington soon, okay? But this is the culture of Chick-fil-A. I mean, like I, you should try it. If you say thank you to them like 10 times, they'll say my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. I've done it before, okay? It's fun, okay? So it's an entertainment to it. But they, that's a culture that they've created. And when you walk into any Chick-fil-A, you are gonna begin to understand the culture of that place because they've created it and you can repeat it back. In the book of Philippians, Paul writes to us, and he's writing to the church at Philippi, and he tells us that there is a kingdom culture, and this kingdom culture will feel strange to the world, but if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it should be normal to us. Like, to the world, this culture is going to feel strange. To the world, it's going to seem strange that we forgive those that have hurt us, but to you, it should feel normal to the world it's going to feel strange that you live your life with generosity and and you prefer other people over yourself but in the kingdom of God to you it should feel normal to the world it's going to feel strange that you're going to love people unconditionally but to you it should feel normal because this is part of the kingdom culture that God is developing you see the Bible tells us that Jesus even goes on to say that the culture of this world shouldn't make its way into the church that, that, that we live for a kingdom culture, not a worldly culture. That we should be in the world, that we should live as citizens of this world, but also as citizens of heaven. We're to be in this world, but, but he goes on and Jesus will say, I want you to be in this world, but I don't want you to be of this world. And if I'm just being honest with you today, I'm concerned that in the body of Christ, that a lot of us are looking more like the kingdom of the world than we do the kingdom of heaven. And our response... And our attitudes and our actions, and the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what we see in this is that God has called us, God has desires for us to live differently. You see, a culture is created by the behavior of the majority, and the behavior is driven by what they value. And so, if that's the case, then the reverse is also true. What you value will determine how you behave. And how you behave will determine the culture around us. Let me say that again. What you value will, will determine how you behave, and how you behave will determine the culture. And so if we say we value love, then guess what? We should love no matter what. You see, because if we're gonna love and we're gonna say we value love, then our behavior should always be one of love. Like we don't get to pick and choose when we're gonna love. No, that's a value of the kingdom of God. And so I'm gonna love you no matter if we have political differences. I'm gonna love you no matter if our skin color is different. I'm gonna love you no matter if there's a different economic status between you and me. Because I value love and it's a value of the kingdom of God. Then I don't get to pick and choose when I'm going to love people. My behavior is going to be one of love because that is a value in the kingdom of God. And therefore I'm going to live it out every single day of my life. We should be living a kingdom culture. We should be living out the culture of the kingdom. Can you give Jesus Christ an ovation of praise? And so I'm not living for a world that will fade away. I'm living for a kingdom that will live on forever. Now, the concept of the kingdom of God, I think, is difficult for many of us to understand. And here's the reason why. Because in, as citizens of earth, we have grown up in a democracy. And I'm grateful that we live in a democracy. And in a democracy, your voice matters. And if you don't like what's happening, then guess what? You get to show up and vote. And I would always encourage you, show up and vote. Like that's part of the democracy of this world that we live in and you need to show up. You need to do your part in that. You should vote. You should let your voice be heard. But because we've grown up in a democracy, I think we struggle to fully understand how the kingdom of God works. And we wanna begin to throw a democracy into the kingdom of God, but the Bible doesn't say that the kingdom of God is a democracy. It says it is a kingdom. And here's the thing about a kingdom. In a kingdom, your voice does not matter. You do not get a vote. It's the kingdom of God. You see, in a kingdom, you have a king. And that king is not voted into office. A king gets appointed and he gets appointed to those places or he takes control by force. And so in the kingdom of God, let me just be honest with you, and this may offend some of you because we live in a democracy and you maybe don't understand the kingdom of God. In the kingdom, your voice doesn't really matter because your whole purpose in the kingdom is to serve the king. That's how the kingdom of God functions. And when you and I said yes to Jesus Christ When you and I said yes to him You didn't enter a democracy You entered a kingdom And you submitted your life to King Jesus And he doesn't get voted into place And it doesn't matter if you don't like his policies It doesn't matter if you don't like how he rules It doesn't matter if you don't like his direction He is the king And he is part of that kingdom And he is in control He is king all by himself Whether you like his kingship whether you like his throne, whether you like his authority, he is king and we are part of his kingdom. Would you give Jesus Christ an ovation of praise? So we don't always like to hear that. Why? Because we want to be king. We want a democracy. We want him to go in our direction and hear our voice, but that's not how Jesus told us to live. He said, you should pray and promote the kingdom of God. He says, pray this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Guess what our goal should be inside of this world? Our goal should be this, that we are going to make his kingdom come to this earth and that we will live it out through our lives in such a way that we can simply say, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on this earth as it has already been destined in heaven. What we're saying is God, let heaven come down to earth. God, allow my life to exemplify the life that you've already called me to live in heaven and let me populate this earth with the kingdom of God. You see how I live as a citizen of the kingdom is not informed by the things and the values of this world. It is informed by what heaven wants. It's informed by the values of the kingdom of God because I'm trying every single day of my life to populate earth with heaven. And that has to be the goal, church. And maybe that sounds tough, and maybe that sounds challenging, and maybe that sounds harsh, but this is what God has called us to. He's called us to live in the kingdom of God, and if we're going to live in his kingdom, we have to understand his culture. You see, we should be trying to shift the culture of earth until it reflects the culture of heaven, until it reflects what our heavenly Father ...has for us. And if we're going to shift the culture of earth... ...then my behavior has to reflect the kingdom of God. So you need to understand... ...that culture... ...is created by behaviors... ...that are informed by values. That's how culture is created. It's created by behaviors but my behaviors are gonna be informed by values. How do you bring kingdom culture into this earth? I do it by my behaviors, the way that I act, the way that I live, but my behaviors have to be informed by my values. And so if my values are gonna be the thing that's gonna drive my behaviors, then I better have some values that reflect the kingdom culture of God in this world. And so over the next several weeks, it's my intro, we're gonna look at how to develop a kingdom culture And we're going to do that by studying through the book of Philippians. So the book of Philippians is just four chapters. And I even want to encourage you to hear in this series. So, Sometime this week, read one chapter of Philippians. Read Philippians chapter 1. Next week, read Philippians chapter 2. And just kind of follow along and allow God to speak to you through the scriptures. And so let me give you some context to the book of Philippians. Philippians is written in about 62 AD, and it's by the Apostle Paul, as he is imprisoned in Rome. And so he's in prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and we understand that he's under house arrest at this moment. So here he is under house arrest. He's in chains, and he's in Rome. And he's in this moment, he's taking an opportunity to write letters to churches that he plants. Let me just say this to you, just kind of a side note, just a little extra today, is what I love about Paul is Paul never just sits idle no matter what his situation was. So Paul's in jail, in prison, bound up, and he says, hey, what can I do for the kingdom of God? Guess what? I'm gonna write some letters. I'm gonna encourage some people. And I just wanna say to you today, no matter where you find yourself in life, whether you feel like you can be active or not active, whether you feel like you have a lot to give or don't have a lot to give, whatever it is, don't sit idle. Find a way that you can be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Write some letters, write some notes. Say, I'm gonna take this opportunity to pray for somebody because I'm never going to sit idle. And so the book of Philippians is written from jail. It's written from prison. And, and the thing about Philippians is this, this letter that he writes, it's one of the most, it's one of the least drama-filled books that Paul writes. So most of Paul's letters to the churches, here's what he's doing. He's dealing with drama in the church. Go figure, right? Like they're like, Paul had drama in the church. We have drama in the church. Like, it's just, this is what Paul's dealing with. Like, hey, there's drama in the church. And he says, I'm going to write letters to you. Corinthians was so bad, he had to write two letters to them. Okay, he's like, oh, you didn't get it the first time. Let me write it a second time. And so this is what these letters are. It's just a a letter to the church. And in this first chapter of Philippians, I think we see four values of the kingdom of God that I want to share with you real quickly this morning. That if we're going to bring a kingdom culture, if we're going to populate earth with heaven, Guess how we're going to do it? We're going to create a culture. Our culture is influenced by our behaviors, and our behaviors are influenced by our values. And so we better have some kingdom values. What are some of these kingdom values? Let me give you four of them if you're taking notes this morning. The first is this. It's selflessness. Selflessness. Not selfishness. That's That's a culture of this world. But it's selflessness. Here's how Paul puts it in Philippians 1, chapter 12 through 14. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. What's going on in his life has served to, to move the gospel forward. And as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guards and to everyone else that I'm in chains. I'm bound up. I'm in prison for Christ. He goes on and he says this in verse 14. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. He says, what has happened to me has happened for the advancement of The gospel, can you see the selflessness in Paul's life? He says, here I am, I'm chained up, I'm sitting in this prison cell, but I can see that the reason this has all happened is because the gospel needs to get advanced and it's happening. And so Paul says, who cares that I'm locked up? Who cares that I'm in jail? Because my life is not my own. I'm gonna be a selfless person. Paul's not in prison complaining. Can I tell you, most of us would be in prison complaining. God, how could you allow this to happen to me? God, I was preaching your gospel. God I was just trying to love your people God I was doing what you told me To do in the first place and you allowed Me to get in jail that's where most of us Would be we would be complaining but not Paul Paul says you know what if my If I have to be in jail for the gospel To be proclaimed then guess what Lock me up throw away the key because My life is not my own there's Something bigger that's more important And it's the person of Jesus and it's the Message of the kingdom and here's the Message of the kingdom the message of the Kingdom of God is the gospel. Paul's primary message is this, and the primary message of every single one of us who calls ourselves citizens of heaven, of the heavenly kingdom, is this. The message of the kingdom is the gospel. What is the gospel? It is good news. The message of the kingdom is not your hobby horse. It's not your opinion. It's not the things that you value. The message of the kingdom is that there is good news for each and every one of us. The good news is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not only did he died. He was resurrected from the grave, which means if he could be resurrected from the grave, he has the authority to forgive you and I of every one of our sins. And that is the good news of the gospel. And that is the message of the kingdom that we should carry with us into every place and every area that we go. Guess what? It's not your own opinion. It's not what you want to see done. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that needs to be proclaimed. Stop being so selfish and say, God, I'm going to live my life selflessness towards you. Would you give Jesus Christ an ovation? of praise so Paul says if I have to be in prison for the gospel to be proclaimed lock me up you see we need to break through this mindset that life is about me and getting ahead That's, that's the culture of this world that's the culture of this world life is about me life is about what I can get out of it I'm just trying to get ahead. No, we need to understand that if he promotes you to that CEO position, guess what? You're CEO for the purpose of the gospel. If he moves you from one neighborhood to the other neighborhood, guess what? He's moved you to that neighborhood for the advancement of the gospel. If God repositions you at work, he didn't reposition you just to reposition you. He repositioned you for the advancement of the gospel. If you are in college and you got accepted in high school and you got accepted into that college you wanted to get into, you didn't get accepted for your own purpose. It's for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ everything in my life is really about the gospel there is selflessness in the kingdom this is what kingdom living looks like and we live in a world that too many people are concerned about me and mine and what can I get out of it we're concerned about making a point point. and can I tell you something we've become more concerned about making a point instead of making a difference because we're not focused on the kingdom I'm going to make a point point but are you making a difference? Are you populating earth with heaven? No, you're populating your own agenda. And Paul says, I'm in jail. And guess what, while I'm here, lock me up because the gospel is getting proclaimed. This is so countercultural to the world we live in. Our world is all about me. It's about getting ahead, advancements. And I'm not saying that's all bad. Guess what, I want you to prosper. I want you to be blessed. I want you to succeed. I believe God wants you to prosper. God wants you to succeed. But guess what? You need to understand. He doesn't want you to do that for your own glory. It's for the advancement of the gospel, to spread the good news of Jesus. Anything that happens to me is so the gospel can be proclaimed. That's what Paul said. And guess what, when we get that mindset, we'll become selfless. We'll become selfless. And this is the kingdom culture that God wants to create. If you're taking notes, the second point is this. The kingdom culture is one of joy. It's one of joy. It's joy. Here's how Paul puts it in Philippians 1, 15 through 19. It is true that some people preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition and not sincerely. So he says there are people that are preaching the gospel and guess what? They're doing it, out of envy and rivalry, they're doing it to try to hurt me, is what Paul says. But he says, you know what? Um, he says he goes on and says this in verse the next verse, next screen. Supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains, so he they said they're doing it so they can get me in trouble. But what does it matter? Paul says, the important thing. Is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is being preached. Why? He's selfless. This is the gospel. He goes on and says this. He says, and because of this, guess what? I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. And Paul gets to this place and he says, you know what? I, I, I'm gonna rejoice and I'm gonna continue to rejoice. Imagine for a moment, Paul is in prison. As he's writing this letter, he's hearing the chains hit against his wrist. As he's writing this letter, he, he can't move his wrist, he's restricted. And he says, Guess what? I'm gonna rejoice. Even though there's people out there that are trying to hurt me, guess what? I'm going to continue to rejoice. Why does he write this? He says, Because you know what? The gospel's still going forward. What does this tell us? It tells us that joy is a choice. It's a choice that you and I get to make every single day of our lives. And it is a value of the kingdom of God. Like I get to choose joy today. Like you don't get to influence whether I'm gonna be joyful or not. I'm gonna choose joy. I'm gonna walk and live every day of my life with joy, no matter what the circumstances are. Because guess what? I'm I'm living in the kingdom of God. I'm gonna bring a culture kingdom to this earth. And so Paul says, in prison, I can rejoice. You see, happiness is external. Joy is a choice. Happiness happens by chance. Joy happens by choice. So I'm gonna choose joy. The culture of the kingdom of God should be that. Everywhere we show up, we show up with joy. Can I tell you something? They shouldn't look at you at work and go, oh, there comes that Christian. They're gonna bring the whole room down. Oh, they're gonna be so negative. No, 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 it should be, wow, they're coming into this environment and it changes everything, why? Because they're bringing joy with them and the joy that they bring is contagious and so I choose joy no matter what the message is, no matter what's happened, no matter what I'm going through, no matter if the diagnosis is bad, no matter if I'm having difficulty in life, guess what, I'm gonna choose joy. No matter if all of life is perfect or all of life is the worst situation I've ever walked through, I'm gonna choose joy in those situations. You see, I can choose to be negative or I can choose to have joy. It's a choice that you're gonna make. And joy is a result of gratitude. So when you have gratitude in your heart, guess what? Joy is gonna flow out of you. And so maybe you're sitting here and you go, going, Aaron, what do I have to be grateful for? My life is miserable right now. Like it's the worst season of my life. But guess what? You can still be joyful because joy is a result of gratitude. And you can have gratitude for the fact that God is working. God is good. God is faithful. That even when you are faithless, God is faithful. Paul writes that to Timothy and he says, even though you are lacking in faith, guess what? Your God is faithful. God is always working. The Bible says he work, he's, he's working behind the scenes. That he works all things together for the good of those who love him. Those who are called according to his purpose. You see, if you are alive and breathing, you have something to be grateful for. And because you have something to be grateful for, you can make joy a choice of your life, because gratitude brings joy to the surface. And so in our lives, let us live a life that is full of joy, because that is what will influence the culture around us. You see, when everyone else is sour and full of bitterness, it should not be so of us. We should value joy. We should live out joy, because joy is part of creating a culture of the kingdom of God here on earth. The third thing you can write down if you're taking notes is this. It's surrender. It's surrender. So Paul writes this in Philippians 1, verse 20 through 21. He says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will live in no way, that, that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul lived a surrendered life. Paul's affection was not in this world. His heart's attraction was not on the things of this world. Instead, it was all about the gospel and the kingdom of heaven. That's why he could say, For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And Paul would say, I don't know which one I really want more. And verses 23 through 24, he says, I'm torn. He says, if I die, I'm in the presence of Jesus. Like, and there's no better place than the presence of Jesus... But if I get to continue to live, guess what? I get to proclaim the gospel. I get, I get to share this good news, this great news with all those that are around me. And Paul says, I, I, you know, I want both. I want both right now. But he goes, you know what? I'm okay for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. You see, Paul surrendered his life completely to Jesus. And it's what God wants out of us if we're gonna be citizens of heaven. That for Paul, Jesus wasn't his way to a better life. Jesus wasn't just his lucky rabbit's foot or his good luck charm or it wasn't his way just to get out of jail free card. For Paul, Jesus was his everything and he surrendered his entire life to him. And he would say, for me to live as Christ to die is gain. And so we surrender our life. And maybe you're here today and you're like, Aaron, this this seems tough. This is challenging because God has called us to a deeper level. Maybe you're here today and you're like, Aaron, couldn't you have just given us like four points to getting a blessing from God? Can I tell you something? I'm giving you four points to receive a blessing from God. Because when you live with his values and you live the way that he's called us to do, when you're trying to make heaven come down to earth and you're trying to populate earth with heaven, guess what? God's going to show up in ways that you can never imagine. But it's not always easy. And so we live a surrendered life to him. Let me ask you, could you say that? For me to live as Christ, to die is gain. Can I tell you, if we could get to that place, we would live with a lot less fear in this life. For me to live as Christ, whatever happens. If I die, hey, I'm okay. I'm okay. I know people think the world's about ready to fall in. You know how I view it? Hey, if it all comes down tomorrow, guess what? For me to live as Christ, to die is gain. I'm in a better place. But while I'm here, I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to share the good news. I'm going to love people. God, you, you can take this body. This body's not eternal. But I'm going to live for what is eternal. I'm going to live a surrendered life to God. There's an individual by the name of Jim Elliott. And maybe some of you have heard his story before. But Jim Elliott was a young man who grew up. And when missionaries would come to his church, he, he got excited about it. And said, you know what? I want to live my life to be a missionary. Jim went to college, and, and he got some education, and, and he set off to the mission field. And, and, and the story goes like this, that he found an unreached people group that were in Ecuador. And this is about the 1950s. And he became a missionary to the Aqua Indians. And the thing that about the Aqua Indians is, is nobody had ever been able to go into them, because every time somebody would try to go in and, and either just meet them or be present with them, they would kill them. They were warriors, And so Jim says, you know what? His heart was broken because they had not heard the gospel. They had not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jim says, I'm gonna live my life to live as Christ, to die as gain. And so the Bible says that, the story goes on and says that Jim moved to to Ecuador and and he began to learn the culture and he began to assimilate a little bit. And and then they said, hey, we're going to try to start reaching the Aqua Indians. And so they would take planes and they would fly it over the area that they inhabited and they would drop from the helicopters on parachutes gifts to them. And they said, we're going to bless them first. We're just going to try to build relationship with them. After doing that for, for a period of time, they finally decided, hey, we're going we're gonna to land on this area that they are living in. And they landed on the beach area, and, and they built some shelter there. And, and, and the story goes that as they landed there, that a few people from the Aqua Indians came out. And, and they began to have, try to have some conversation with them, the little that they could figure out. And they began to try to build this relationship. That went on for a couple days. And then one day, several of the warriors from the Aqua Indians came out. And they killed Jim. And the four other individuals that were with them. And they lost their life. And it would seem like. This is a horrible story here. And why would you tell it? But you know what Jim did? Jim lived his life surrendered to God. To live as Christ. To die as gain. And the story tells us that two years later. His wife Elizabeth. Continued on the, the legacy of her husband. To reach people. With the gospel. The, the good news of Jesus Christ. And she went back to those same village to those same individuals who took her husband's life and she preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and many gave their hearts to the Lord. And here's what Jim said in one of his diaries before he passed away. He says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep. You can't keep the things of this world to gain what he could not lose, the things of eternity. Jim said, I'm going to live my life surrendered. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Surrender is a value of the kingdom of God. And the last value this morning is this. It's, it's honor. It's honor. Honor is a value of the kingdom of God. Here's how Paul put it in Philippians. Let me go back to the verse we started with today. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ." Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Conduct yourselves. What's that mean? Show honor to the kingdom. Behave in such a way that we bring honor to the kingdom of God. Behave in such a way That you bring honor to the king. You know, one of the ways that my boys show honor to me as their father is when they behave in the ways that I've asked them to behave. And when they do that, they bring honor to me. We were yesterday getting ready for soccer. Landon is seven, Jackson is five. And we were getting ready to go to soccer. And so I was trying to pump them up, Okay. They need pumped up sometimes before they go to soccer games. And so I'm getting loud in the house and I said, boys, we're going to run hard. We're going to play fast. We're going to go after that ball. We're going to be tough today. We're going to give our best effort. We're going to win. And whatever we do, we're going to give everything that we have. And why are we going to do that? And I said, looked at him, I said, because we're Begley's. And I said, why are we going to do it? Because we're Begley's. That's what Begley's do. That's how we do things. My five-year-old Jackson looked at me and I said, are you ready? He goes, dad, I don't want to be a Bagley." Begley. He's stubborn and honorary, But when these boys live out the values that I'm imparting to them, guess what? It brings honor to me. It brings honor to our family. It brings honor to me. When they don't, they're acting like their mother. <laughs> you guys got awes in this one. But how do we show honor in the kingdom of God? We do what he's asked us to do. What does honor look like? Sometimes honor to the kingdom of God is gonna look like you don't say what you wanna say because that's not gonna bring honor to the king. Sometimes honor in the kingdom, you're not gonna do what you wanna do in that moment because it's not gonna bring honor to the king. You're not going to hit send on that text message. You're not going to post that thing to Facebook. Why? Because what you're about ready to do is not going to bring honor to the king. You aren't going to be living out the values that he's asked us to live out. And guess what? i am going to live my life to honor the king. You see, there's this concept out there. And, and you know, we, we see in the Bible where it says, don't use the Lord's name in vain. And over the course of time, you know what we've come to kind of associate that with? We're like, don't use the Lord's name in vain. And we are like, just don't say a cuss word. So if I hit my, if I hit my, my hand with a hammer that I don't say the name of the Lord in that moment. And so I don't cuss. That's not really what it means. There's so much more to not using the Lord's name in vain. Here's what it really means. It means don't bear his name and not reflect his values. Don't confess to be a follower of Jesus Christ and yet look nothing like him. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. Don't act like you're a follower of Jesus Christ and not love the same people that Jesus came to give his life for. Don't act like you're a follower of Jesus Christ and then go gossip behind people's backs. Don't act like you're a follower of Jesus Christ and not bring joy into every situation you walk into. Don't act like you're a follower of Jesus Christ and not live your life surrendered to him. Don't act like you're a follower of Jesus Christ and not honor the things that he's asked you to do. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. Don't bear his name and not reflect the values of the kingdom of God. And so we've got to bring honor into every situation we come into because I'm going to honor the king. I'm not honoring the things of this world. I'm honoring the king of kings and the Lord of lords because I am a citizen of heaven. And I'm doing everything I can to populate earth with heaven. And so everywhere I go, I want heaven to come with me. I want the kingdom of God to be with me. I wanna be able to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this earth, God, as you've already destined it in heaven, God. God, I want to live the life that you have called me to live. And so we have to learn the values of the kingdom because our values are gonna shape our behavior and our behavior is going to shape the culture. So conduct yourselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. Victory Hill, conduct yourselves, not just when you walk into this building, but every place you go, conduct yourselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you go home, conduct yourselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you go to work, conduct yourselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we have to do, because we're bringing the kingdom of God here to this earth. We're going to influence the culture of this world, not by living like this world, but by being citizens of heaven and reflecting the values of our Heavenly Father. Conduct yourselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you give Jesus a participation of praise? So, Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? So we're going to value selflessness. Is it easy? Nope. You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to value joy. We're gonna value surrender. And we're gonna value honor because these are the values of the kingdom. And you, you are kingdom citizens. With every head bowed and every eye closed, for those that are in this room and those that are watching online today, maybe you're here today and you would say to me, Aaron, I don't even know what it's like to live in the kingdom of God. I've never accepted the gospel, the good news of what Jesus came, to did, came forward to do, to die for my sins, to be resurrected into an abundant life with him. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you've never surrendered all to him. But before you leave this place, I wanna give you that opportunity, whether you're in this room or you're watching online today, you can know him. You can be a citizen of heaven. If you're here today and you would say to me, Aaron, I don't know him that way. I'm not a citizen of heaven yet, but I wanna be. I want God to forgive me of my past so I can live the future that he has for me. If you're here today, would you just raise your hand? I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanna pray. We're gonna pray together, either here or online. Amen, amen. Would you everybody just repeat this prayer with me this morning? Would you say, dear heavenly father, I confess you as Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross forgiving me of my sins and being resurrected to life God I want to be a citizen of heaven so help me live my life surrender to you come into my heart and allow me and allow me to have resurrection life in your name we pray Amen and amen. Now, Father, right now, all throughout this place, God, allow your Holy Spirit to speak to us. God, help us to see the areas where we're not reflecting the kingdom and the values of the kingdom. God, maybe some of us are struggling today, God, with joy. Maybe there's circumstances, God, that, God, they just seem overwhelming, God, but God, I pray that we would choose joy today. God, maybe some of us are struggling, God, to, God, honor you. God, in certain areas of our life, God, God, we we call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, but God, we're not bearing your image to this world. God, show us, God, where we need to change. God, maybe we're not surrendered to you today, God. Maybe there's areas that we continue to hold back from you, Lord. And and God, we just don't wanna give it all to you today. And and God, we just wanna, God, just kind of hold on to it. God, I pray that we'd be fully surrendered to you. God, maybe there's areas of our life, God, if we were just to be honest today, God, we're selfish. God, where we're not really worried about your kingdom. God, we're worried about our kingdom. And, and God, we're worried about being right and, and making a point, God, instead of making a difference, Lord. And I just pray today that God, that you would show us, God, what those areas are. Because God, I want to bring heaven to earth with my life. So God, I know there's areas in my own life, Lord, where I struggle in this at times. And God, I can't do it on my own. God, I need the power of your Holy Spirit. I need your power. I need you, God, because God, I can't do this on my own. So God, right now, allow your Holy Spirit to speak to us. This team's gonna lead us in one last song. And maybe sometimes you guys are going, Aaron, why do we sing a song at the end? It's for this moment right here. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I can't change you. The Holy Spirit can. You can't do this on your own. You're gonna need the Holy Spirit to do it. I need the Holy Spirit. And I just want to give him a little bit of space today to speak to you and maybe show you some areas of your life that that need to be changed, that things need to be different. And as he shows you those things, will you do what he's asking you to do? Will you conduct yourself in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ? So Holy Spirit right now, speak to us, show us God, all that you need to show us today. In your name we pray. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope this message helped you to connect with God and connect with others. Be sure to click the subscribe button to stay up to date with new messages each and every week. For more information about our church or for an opportunity to give to this ministry, simply go to victoryhill.org. Thank you, and we hope you have an amazing week.